mute. I'm muting you. Mute me. Mute, mute me on the bounty. I'm muting you right now. It's now time for Talking Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. And we're coming to you live. From the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, hope you're doing all right. I want to give a special shout-out to uh, our friends on the Holyfield Television Network. We're glad to be part of Holyfield's television sports programming, uh, and uh, welcome to the show. I also want to give a shout-out to Fight TV. And if you haven't downloaded our app yet, what are you waiting for? Go to uh, Fight, that's F-I-T-E, fight.tv slash Billy C. Download our app today. And speaking of Fight TV, if you go to our website, you're going to notice a place where you can finally now watch all of the Fight TV pay-per-views from the luxury of your home right on our website. So, uh, and by the way, they will have, they will have, the uh, Canelo uh, fight against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. this weekend, so you can watch it right here on BillyCBoxing.com. Today's show is being brought to you in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located in beautiful St. Silence Island, Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Uh, Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. That's 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent slice of pizza at Sal's. Sal'sNeighborhoodPizzeria.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Gawk Box. What is it? Check it out. Visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and uh, click on the Gawk Box banner. And... Basically, what Gawk Box is, it helps you, it helps us. So sign up today, Gawk Box. Visit our website and check it out. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Billy C's Canelo Alvarez versus Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. post-fight show. That's right, we're going to be doing a post-fight show approximately six minutes after the official announcement is made. Uh, So make sure you tune it in right here late Saturday night, early Sunday morning to get uh, your thoughts heard because we're going to open up phone lines and all that happy stuff. And finally, today's show is being brought to us by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on the Planet is available right now where all good books are sold. Pick up a copy, visit uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you want to get a signed copy, visit our website, billycboxing.com. And, uh, well, you can't miss it there. Um, Today, uh, I know... uh, 
Alex uh, Propali might be uh, stopping by a little bit later and probably get uh, Dax Khan to swing by. Um, you know, I, I, my, I got some emails to read and uh, we got some sports scores to catch you up on and all that stuff. But today, and it's been in the news, everybody now wants a, a shot at uh, uh, Anthony Joshua, of course, which I, I mean, now uh, you would assume that everybody wants a shot at him. Or maybe not. I don't know the way the way a lot of fighters are today. You know, they might be saying mm, maybe maybe I don't want to fight uh, AJ too soon. But the fight that I want to see, the fight that I think the majority of the boxing public wants to see, is Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder has been pounding his chest, saying he's the best heavyweight in the world, saying he wants to unify the title, saying that he wants to fight AJ. I'm not so sure if that's a true statement, or at least his team is not really too sure uh, if they really want to put their uh, smokescreen of a fighter in with Anthony Joshua right now. Now, uh, to defend Deontay a little bit, Anthony Joshua probably has some mandatory defenses coming up and everything else. But while we talk about and get people's thoughts on a potential showdown, between AJ and Deontay Wilder and how that fight would go. There's another uh, thing in the news. Tyson Fury, all seven, 800 pounds of him right now, is saying that he can beat Anthony Joshua with one hand tied behind his back. Um, I'm a big Tyson Fury fan, but I'm not so sure about that. Joining me right now uh, is my man. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you got to welcome uh, he's a New Jersey Boxing Hall of Famer. He's a Guinness Book of World Record holder. He can throw a pie from here to the moon and back. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, please welcome the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, Billy. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit uh, as the show goes on about uh, the possible possibility of the uh showdown between uh, anthony joshua and deontay wilder in sometime in the future but right now tyson fury has been pretty vocal saying that uh he can beat anthony joshua one hand tied behind his back as a matter of fact he says and i quote it's the it's it is the only one the world wants to see and i'm here I am the linear world heavyweight champion. I am still number one in the world, and everybody knows that. We all saw he had a life and death situation against Klitschko, but Klitschko couldn't land a glove on me, meaning uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, Styles do make fights, but I am sure I can beat AJ with one arm tied behind my back. Now, that's a quote from uh, Tyson Fury. Now, Right off the top, what's your thoughts on that quote? Well, I said the same quote on my comeback, and look what happened. I tripped and I broke and I ripped my rotator cuff. So <laughs> I hope uh, hope that doesn't happen to him. But uh, you know what? I think that's uh, just being grandioso, and I, I understand he's trying to promote something that uh, right now not everybody is on the same page and wanting to see that fight because Tyson Fury's been out of the picture for a little while uh, due to his own demise. But uh, if he's rebuilding and trying to get himself back in the limelight in the picture, well, I think he needs to uh, show the world that he's here to stay and not just a one-fight comeback 
to uh, to satisfy his own cravings and stuff like this. So, you know what? I'd like to see Tyson Fury get back in the ring, have a fight against a formidable opponent, and then uh, let him rat out his mouth and, uh, and, and call out anybody else he wants to after that, including Anthony Joshua. But the fight I want to see, and I think the majority of people would like to see, is Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. Yeah, there's no question about that, and we'll, we're going to uh, talk a little about that in a minute. But um, as far as Tyson Fury is concerned, you know, I, I've always been a fan of Tyson Fury. You know, I, I, I've always liked him, but he's definitely got some holes in his game. Now, if Tyson Fury mentally is looking at his fight against Vladimir Klitschko and, and comparing his performance, you know, Tyson Fury's performance against Vlad, and then Anthony Joshua's performance against Vlad. I, I'm not so sure he's looking at the same fights because what I saw in the Tyson Fury versus Vladimir Klitschko fight was Vladimir Klitschko at his cautious self. And the thing about Vlad fighting Tyson Fury was that you know he fights different when he's fighting a, a guy that's his size or bigger. Um, what we saw with uh, Vladimir Klitschko against Anthony Joshua was an aggressive uh, Vladimir Klitschko, a guy that tried to go after uh, Anthony Joshua and take advantage of you know his inexperience in the ring. If that version of Klitschko fought Tyson Fury, I'm not so sure that the end result would have been the same. If you recall, Tyson Fury was acting kind of kind of nutty in the ring, you know, doing things uh, unorthodox. And I don't mean, uh, you know, uh, as a lefty, but he was just doing unorthodox stuff uh, that um, either it got in the head of Vladimir Klitschko or his patience and waiting for that opening, he just ran out of rounds. Uh, You know, I, I think the biggest weakness of Tyson Fury was his chin. We've seen him get rocked before. He does like to lean on fighters. He does like to tie fighters up. But I'm not so sure he would fare too well against uh, Anthony Joshua. If the two fought, and assuming Tyson Fury was at his best, which we would have to assume was, uh, you know, along the lines of his fight against Klitschko, how would you see it going, Sal? You know, I'll tell you how I would see it going. And for Tyson Fury to make the assumption, because he said one thing that is a truism, styles do make fights, and that's correct. But when you're like, uh, hey, guess what? Well, this guy beat this guy. That means this guy could beat this guy, and this guy will be there. No, it doesn't work like that because everybody has a unique style, and it will gravitate to one's favor uh, when they are the victor as far as just, I mean, the styles that one has against one opponent doesn't mean it's the exact style that's going to be uh, displayed against another opponent. He has the innate ability to work and, and offset and do things differently. Um, and I think that if we see Anthony Joshua uh, fight, uh, fight, fight in this kind of fight, I see Joshua, he's, 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 not like Mike Tyson. He's not that fast. But, I mean, inside he could be explosive. And that uppercut, when those big lanky arms are going to be hugging and mauling, putting his weight on him, I could see Joshua breaking out, uppercut, left hook, boom, right hand, or bang the body. And I think Tyson Fury might be uh, looking for some things that he's not going to be, be expecting. 
Uh, I mean, I, I think he's going to be receiving some punches that he's not going to be expecting. I see Anthony Joshua would be a whirlwind inside of Tyson Fury. Like I said, his big long arms uh, hanging on to him, this and that. Not the tight inside arms that Anthony Joshua would boom, uppercut, left hook, right body. You know, I see him explosive in the inside. And Anthony Joshua does have the sense enough to move his head to out, uh, to not be a stationary target from the outside. I see Anthony Joshua beating Tyson Fury. You know, I agree with your uh, analogy there. I, first of all, if Tyson Fury tries to maul Anthony Joshua, the fact that Anthony Joshua works the body so efficiently and he's got that, that killer uppercut. I mean, I haven't seen an uppercut that effective in quite some time. Uh, Tyson Fury is going to be finding a soft place to, 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 to nap. It, it, either that or Anthony Joshua is going to find him a spot. The other thing that I, I think we have to take, and, and, and trust me, I liked Tyson Fury, you know, know you I, but 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 You're the one bad. thing I noticed about Tyson Fury, Sal, I know, which, you know, Anthony Joshua already passed the test by fighting Vlad, and and of course already, you know, Dax was talking yesterday uh, about you know some social media negativity, and and already, uh, you know, here we are the second day after the fight, third day after the fight, and uh, you know, people are already starting to say, well. You know, uh, Klitschko was 41. He hadn't fought. I mean, they're they're discrediting the Always. win by Anthony Joshua, which is which is such BS. And I'll tell you something right off the bat, Vladimir Klitschko. You could say what you want about him, but the one thing that I I would really have a hard time even talking to somebody that would disagree with what I'm about to say. But Vladimir Klitschko can punch pretty damn hard. I mean, this is a guy with a powerful punch. Now, granted, he didn't throw his monster right enough in the uh, Anthony Joshua fight, and he certainly has really picked and choose his spots uh, over, the, over the last uh, a bunch of years uh, when he uh, lets that right hand go. But make no mistake, when he does let it go, and it does land, it usually drops people. And my point is... That as big as Tyson Fury is, Tyson Fury doesn't have that kind of power punch. He really doesn't, Sal. If you watch the fights, yes, he's bigger. Yes, he's strong. Yes, he leans on people. And he's got a pretty good uppercut himself. But the truth of the matter is, is that a guy that big, a guy that's as big as Tyson Fury, a seven-foot guy, right, should be able to land a solid punch and knock you into uh, next month, you know, and, and he doesn't do it, you know. So I, I'm not so sure that he's going to be able to keep AJ off him. And you're right, and I agree. If if Tyson Fury wants to maul him and lean on him, uh, Anthony Joshua is going to find a home for, for those uh, rights and lefts to the sides of the body, and Tyson Fury is going to be hurting, right? I believe it. That's that's. I, I can almost visualize this fight exactly how it would go, and I think Anthony Joshua, from the outside of those big long arms, if Tyson Fury tries to box and move and jab and hit him from with a long right, uh, Anthony Joshua displayed the other night. He does have some head movement and he has some agility where he can go side to side and he can avoid a punch. And the the thing I want to see from Anthony Joshua is that he's in a position to deliver a punch once he steps aside and avoids it. I think he could do it because he, he's a he's a good sized, uh, well built heavyweight that has his feet underneath him, and uh, I think he can deliver. And and as we were saying, 
not to be redundant, but, you know, Tyson Fury tried to lean and maul on him. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Anthony Joshua that I would see would be the one that would, you know, push back this and that, step back, boom, uppercut, boom, right hand, and just, just nail him. And I think it would be, I think it would be lights out for Tyson Fury. I don't think, you know, plus we'd have to see what kind of head uh, Tyson Fury is walking in the ring with, the one that was uh, last time or whatever. You know, we, we don't know what's going on with him right now. But I think Tyson Fury would definitely be on the receiving end of some heavy punches that Anthony Joshua could deliver. And his suspect chin would definitely uh, have to stand the test, and I don't think it can. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously uh, Tyson Fury, you know, has beaten Vladimir Klitschko. And uh, he's also, uh, you know, still undefeated. He is the linear champion. And he did give up his belts, uh, uh, never lost him in the ring. So, uh, yeah, I, I could see the fight happening. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua's got uh, uh, some other fish to fry first. And like you said, uh, Tyson Fury kind of has to fight somebody before he gets an immediate shot. I, I, I would doubt it very much if, if he could somehow uh, weasel his way into an immediate shot back um, and, and fight uh, uh, Anthony Joshua. I mean, even David Hay couldn't do that, and David Hay is, you know, a huge smokescreen. But uh, anyway, the topic I want to talk about is uh, the possible matchup between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder because it's the fight that's on everybody's lips, Sal. And I want to talk about that as soon as we come back from our break. So uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will be talking about the possible matchup between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. We'll be back in two. Billy C. We'll be right back. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin, acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're gonna let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it, this offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show. And, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy C. Keeping Billy C. on his toes. Uh, I'm so used to hearing... uh, uh, one uh, <clears throat> come back from break uh, set of music and uh, my producer, my my imaginary invisible producer, 
Uh, Jeremy C. keeps me on my toes, Sal. But uh, anyway, uh, so let's get on with it here. We got uh, Anthony Joshua, the big talk in uh, boxing right now. And uh, the guy who pounds his chest uh, more than, uh, <clears throat> I mean, King Kong didn't pound his chest as much as Deontay Wilder does. Deontay Wilder tells everybody he's the best. He wants to fight the best. He wants to retire undefeated. He wants to do this. He wants, he's the best fighter since Ali. I mean, he's said it all. And I, 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 all I do is shake my head because this guy has fought no one. Not, I mean, even the best fighter he fought to date. Berman Stavern, the guy he won the title from, turned out to be a fighter that we all admit now we gave way too many accolades for. Deontay Wilder has fought no one, and and some of the guys that he's fought that he should have taken out early, he struggled with and had a hard time. The possibility of a showdown between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder is I, I, I'm, I'm salivating over the thought of it because I think even if Deontay Wilder wins the fight, the best heavyweight will emerge. These two guys, forget all the other trinkets, forget all the other belts, forget all the mandatories and all the BS because quite honestly, I don't even think either one of these guys need title belts around their waist. These are the top two heavyweights in the world today based on statistics, etc., etc. And this is the fight I think the sport not only wants but needs. We finally need the two top guys, especially in the heavyweight division, to get it on. No marinating, no waiting, no trying to collect other belts. We need these guys to fight ASAP. Sal, let me ask you this. If they fought, how do you see the fight going? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's not going to be a layup for Anthony Joshua. This guy's not going to come out there and just uh, just lay down. And I know that. Because Deontay Wilder, he believes what he believes because he, he has had that fight experience in what, what he believes are top guys. And he is uh, one that uh, has not been on the receiving end as an opponent. And I think that if he did get in the ring with Anthony Joshua, I would see him trying to move around Joshua, hit him from the outside, uh, hit him with those long right, the right hands and things like that. And again, Joshua would be moving his head, and I think Joshua would be biding his time a little bit, trying to cut the ring off on him. And I think that Joshua would land some solid body shots to possibly slow Deontay Wilder down. And then I think, you know, there they would be if, if, if they had a chance to, to do some infighting again. I think the the... the the whirlwind of punches that Anthony Joshua can deliver from the inside, including that uppercut, uh, especially against a tall opponent, would would definitely be raising his uh, his senses and, and he would be uh, lights out. I think in the long run, I would see the fight going past the sixth round towards the tenth round, but I see Anthony Joshua would probably knock out Deontay Wilder. That's how I would see the fight going. You know, let, let's let's I'll take a look at the fight. Right now, just, you know, off off the top of my head. I got no stats in front of me. I, 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 have, I have not. I got nothing, all right, except the old noggin, which is uh, starting to, you know, it's starting to slip a little. But I will Forget say this. about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a terrible thing to mind when it starts to go. But uh, I, I will tell you this. Um, Deontay Wilder, you know, let's take a look at his assets. He's tall. 
we've seen him use the jab effectively in one fight, uno, uno fight. And that was against Berman Stavern because he was scared to death to get hit because everybody thought that, you know, Stavern was this knockout artist and everything else. And he incorporated, in my opinion, his best game plan and followed his guest, uh, best game plan throughout that fight. That very well may have been his best performance, even though it was a long time ago. So I'm going to give him the fact that he's got a long reach, he's tall and lanky, and assuming that he hasn't forgotten how to use the jab, he's got a, a decent jab. And the other attribute that he has is that he's got um, a, a knockout punch. There's no question that Deontay Wilder has a one-punch knockout uh, right hand. There's no question, all right? Now, when I take a look at Anthony Joshua, we know that Anthony, Anthony Joshua is a, is a fighter that uh, definitely um, has knockout power uh, in both hands. Uh, I believe that Anthony Joshua um, is a better body uh, puncher than Deontay Wilder. And I think that Anthony Joshua, when he goes into attack mode, is, is much more accurate than, uh, than Deontay Wilder. With all that said, me personally, you know, the negatives I've seen with Anthony Joshua to this point, and really it was the first time was this past Saturday because he never had gone uh, deep into a fight before, and we saw him run out of gas. Uh, that's a serious problem for him that I'm sure they're going to go and work on because that's something he would need to, to, to tighten up if he fights Deontay Wilder. I doubt Deontay Wilder would have, would have let him survive, and I'm not suggesting that Klitschko let him survive, but I think Deontay would have, because he's younger, would have been able to step on the gas and, uh, and, and hurt uh, Anthony Joshua when he seemingly uh, shot his load uh, uh, in that uh, fight against Klitschko when he dropped him and then was pretty much uh, exhausted out on his feet. He was just spent. Uh, he, was, he left himself wide open. He was taking he shots, did. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, that's something that Anthony Joshua has to tighten up. But the one negative on Deontay Wilder, aside from him you know, never fighting anybody and, and being basically Toro uh, from Harder Day Fall character, um, he doesn't like it when you're aggressive. If you go and watch his fights, even guys that he's eventually knocked out and even guys that don't have the talent level that certainly Anthony Joshua has, he doesn't like it when he's on his back foot and he stops throwing punches. And, and I think the game plan for Anthony Joshua should be just that. I think Anthony Joshua should go and attack um, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder's a little uncoordinated. I know they all say that he's a great athlete, he's this, he's that, but I think he's uh, a, a little uncoordinated. I, I think that Anthony Joshua, if he employs a, uh, a body attack, and, you know, an aggressive uh, game plan where he's going forward, keeps his hands up. I think he takes out Deontay Wilder fairly early. That's what I see, Sal. I think you're 100% right. And, you know, not not to say all taller, thinner uh, fighters are, are gawky or whatever, but sometimes their feet aren't exactly underneath them at all times. And uh, they're a little off balance at times. And I see that with Deontay Wilder, which is why he doesn't like to have somebody be aggressive because I don't think he can fight backwards or step backwards as easily as he would like to be uh, graceful on foot. And I think Joshua's attack should be that. He should be 
coming into that fight, like the shorter opponent, maybe crouching down, jabbing, looking for those body shots, and looking to slip underneath his jabs and that right hand, and coming in with the hook to the body, to the liver, and then hit him with some right hands. Not that he has to fight like a shorter, smaller fighter, but but he, he got to He's got to keep himself tighter. Uh, hands up, body moving, waist there, looking to deliver in the body, up to the head. And I, I have in my mind, Anthony Joshua, there are very few fighters that can withstand uh, an Anthony Joshua locomotive train coming out at them like the fifth round that he went after Klitschko. Unfortunately, uh, he ran out of gas. But that's what you said uh, to bring to light. If he works on his conditioning, does those wind sprints, punches bell to bell, uh, and takes care of that conditioning element of his of his repertoire, then I think that Anthony Joshua is going to be a very very dangerous hard man to beat. Because right now they're going to be looking everybody at his his uh, conditioning as as one of the holes. Yeah, I mean obviously the game plan uh, to beat uh, Anthony Joshua would be um, to take him into the later rounds, uh, try and tire him out. Or, you know, uh, play possum, let him punch himself out. But that's a dangerous thing with a guy that big and strong, you know. Um, and he came back. He did have a second win. And, uh, you know, look, don't don't forget, Bill, this guy came out. You know, we both, you and I, had it scored evenly in the eighth round, that fight. And I was, you know, like I said, I, I kind of pulled for Klitschko. I really wanted to see him finish strong. He needed to finish those last four rounds. And then, to my surprise... You know, uh, Anthony Joshua came out the ninth round pretty strong, came out the tenth round pretty strong. We know what happened with the eleventh round. So he seemed to have gotten his second win, and the fight was uh, all but over for Klitschko uh, going into that eleventh round. You know, I, I mean, listen, youth uh, prevails. And, you know, when you look at those, uh, uh, those two fighters, I mean, they're both young. And, uh, you know, I mean... You know, the stamina issue hasn't seemed to be a problem or hasn't been a problem to date with Deontay Wilder, but he too hasn't gone, um, you know, uh, many times. Only once uh, he went the distance. So, I, I mean, uh, I, listen, I think you said it best. I, I think that, you know, that fight, if, if I'm Anthony Joshua, I, I try to get in tight and smother uh, uh, Deontay Wilder. Don't let him use his arm reach. Um, maybe be a little more fluid. And, and you know, what I watched with Anthony Joshua when he fought Klitschko was the first couple of rounds he seemed flat-footed. When I was taking my notes, I'm saying he's not moving. He's not moving enough. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. And, and then as the fight progressed, all of a sudden he started moving around. So he did show exactly. that he's got some footwork. And, you know, what I think he needs to do with Deontay Wilder, and I know this is going to sound crazy because Deontay Wilder is a seek-and-destroy type of fighter, but I think that uh, Anthony Joshua needs to seek-and-destroy Deontay Wilder. I think that the guy who can control the ring the best in that matchup is going to win the fight uh, because, you know, even though I feel that Anthony Joshua is way more talented than Deontay Wilder from top to bottom, you still got to respect Deontay Wilder's power. And, you know, Anthony Joshua can't certainly take him lightly because he doesn't want to get caught with something. But I think a body attack and then ultimately an uppercut is going to send Deontay Wilder to the canvas and he will once and for all be exposed. He has never fought anyone uh, to this caliber. But on the other hand, Sal, 
I don't think they're going to let him fight Anthony Joshua. I think the last guy that you're going to see Deontay Wilder fight is Anthony Joshua. I can foresee Anthony, uh, Anthony I mean, uh, Deontay Wilder fighting the winner of the Joseph Parker fight uh, and then claiming that he's the best. You know, I, I could see the whole smokescreen coming. I, everything but fight Anthony Joshua. That's what I see. You know, it's a shame because, uh, you know, they talk about footwork and sidestepping. Yeah, that's maybe what his camp will have in mind, and they'll come up with any reason and every reason. But the bottom line is I think the fans and other people may may look to push and demand that fight, and that's what we, we're going to have to do uh, to make that fight happen because I don't think uh, Deontay Wilder is going to want to do that fight as easily as uh, Anthony Joshua may. You know, and, uh, you're, you're so funny when you're talking about, you know, Anthony Joshua on his feet. Yeah, he was, uh, Paulie, Paulie Malinaji was, was, was coming out with a new term I haven't heard too much. Uh, uh, he was taking up or owning the real estate in the ring. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, that's a true statement. Hey, listen, Sal, hold, hold that thought, hold that thought because uh, we got to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, we'll finish up uh, that. I got some emails to read. Uh, we got a fight on tonight that I want to. Uh, talk a little about so all of that uh is uh is coming up and uh we'll be back in about two billy c will be right back check out billycboxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache oh that hurts why are you doing that to my face i hate you i hate you that's billycboxing.com consider this your warning Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin, acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're gonna let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it, this offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show, and I hope you're doing all right. I want to give a special shout-out to uh, all of our viewers on Holyfield TV. We're glad to be part of Holyfield TV's sports programming, and uh, we want to welcome you to the show. And don't forget, you can email us directly with any of your thoughts, comments, concerns. Be part of the show. Uh, Email me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. I'm here with my man, uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And Sal, um, you know, the bottom line is this. 
Deontay Wilder has been very vocal about how he wants to fight. He wants it, he wants it, he wants it. Uh, it's time for him to put up or shut up, I, I, I think. You know, and, and, and listen, make no mistake. You know, you got uh, Anthony Joshua all of a sudden saying, oh, we got mandatories. You got to fight this guy. You got to fight that guy. You know, you got to, oh, you know, all the, the winner of, uh, uh, of Briggs Aquendo. Uh, you got to fight the, the IBF number one guy. So, I mean, and listen, we can't blame it all on Deontay. The bottom line is these two fighters, both Deontay Wilder and uh, Anthony Joshua, have to say to their people, hey, Forget about it all. I don't care if they strip me the, of the title. I want to fight Deontay Wilder. The boxing fans know who the two best fighters are, at least uh, by stat. Um, what's your thoughts? They got to make the fight happen. They got. They've got to. And first, I just want to correct myself. I, I said earlier about the uh, real estate. Paulie was talking more as far as Klitschko dominating the ring space in that fight during that night. I almost alluded to the fact that it sounded like Joshua was with his moving side to side, but that's what he meant it for. But getting back to your question and your statement, yes, the fans have to demand this fight, and the powers that may be have to listen, and this should be in the best interest of the heavyweight division in the sport to get these two gentlemen in the ring and see who the best pound for pound, uh, pound, pound the chest, I was going to say, not pound, the, pound for pound, pound for pound to the chest is going to be the better man and uh, come up with his hand raised as a victor. And uh, I believe it's going to be Anthony Joshua. But this fight would be a great fight to have. And it would put up uh, put up or shut up, really. That's what it would do. And like I said all along, I don't blame Anthony. I don't blame uh, Deontay Wilder to believe his own press clippings and things like that. And some of the fights, I am sure that it's been a lot of his team behind him that has steered or directed his uh, opponent his next uh, f f opponents uh, in line. But, uh, you know, he right now he's got to call himself out and call call Joshua out and vice versa. And let's get these two heavyweight guys in the ring and see who's the best fighter. When, when, when does a fighter have to turn around and say, make the fight? I mean, I mean let, let's be real. I, you know, all this time I've been assuming, you know what they say about that, I've been assuming hey. that Deontay Wilder is the guy that truly... Listen, I, I've said it all along. I, I think Deontay Wilder's a fraud, okay? But not the man. Not Deontay Wilder the man. Because I truly believe, and this is, this is you know, the sad part in a way. I truly believe that Deontay Wilder feels deep down that he is the best. And, and I respect him for that. And I respect him for the reasons that he fights. And, you know, he seems like a good human being, okay? So I, I respect the man. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is at some point in time, he's going to have to just say, I want this fight. You know, I, I, they could be, and, and like I was starting to say, assuming, you know, he could be hiding behind the fact that his management won't let him fight the real fights. He could be saying, I want to fight these guys, but... You know, my team says we got to fight this one next, or or my obligation to the WBC is I, I got to fight this guy next, or whatever. You know, he could be using that as an excuse. When does a fighter have to grab the bull by the horn, Sal, and say, I don't care about the mandatories. I don't care about, you know, taking a risk. You know, I, I want to prove that I'm the best, just like people used to do, just like fighters did in the, back in the day. The only way to prove you're the best 
is to demand to fight the best. And when you come out on top, nobody can argue with you. The late, great Sam Lankford, they used to always say to him, are you worried about getting a fair judge? Are you worried about this? And he used to say, no, I bring my own judges with me to fights. People used to look at him like, huh? He says, my left and my right. You know, those are the judges. You know, you make the fight happen. You make the result happen. If you can't, then you do like Vladimir Klitschko did on Saturday night and you give the accolades to the guy that beat you. He was the better man tonight. End of story. How and why and when should Deontay Wilder just say, make this fight, I got to roll the dice? Well, bottom line is he's not going to do that unless he feels in, a, in his heart of hearts that he has to. In other words, unless he feels that his fans, uh, the majority of the world uh, boxing public are demanding this, as long as he's going through with his mandatories, as long as he's going through with everything else, he can and he will continue to say, well, I got to do this. I've got to do that. And you know what? So I'm telling you, he will demand that fight when he feels that he's being called out as an imposter by all, including his own fans. But until then, he's going to do as his promotional team and his uh, managers or manager guide him along. He's going to fulfill his obligations to do the mandatories. He's going to fight who he's supposed to fight. And he's going to make reference. And he's going to call out Joshua. He wants to fight him. He wants to fight him. He wants to fight him. But until that bubble is going to be about to pop, he's not going to do anything as far as taking the initiative to make that fight happen. Unless he's being called out as a, an imposter by his own fans. And he's got a great fan base. That's how I see it, Billy. I'm sorry. He's going to go along, and nobody can call him out differently if he's doing his mandatories, if he's facing top opponents in the so-called mandatory list. And then Joshua will eventually get the fight when all is said and done and dried up and the fans are demanding and calling for it and hit the calling him out on it, and he feels, hey, i got to show I'm a man and i got to do it. And, That's how I see uh, it. De Deontay Wilder ha has went... Uh, to to uh, anybody that'll listen, he's it's been there's been stories written uh, about him saying it. There's quotes taken. He said it to ESPN. He was ringside in 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 uh, uh, in England uh, over the weekend. I mean, this is a guy that says I want to fight AJ. I want to fight AJ. You know, it's the same thing. Just like Canelo. Canelo lost all my respect when he says us Mexicans don't F around. And, and he ran. He ran from Triple G. You know, so, I, I mean, the same thing is happening. Listen, you know, you can say all you want about, oh, well, you know, I'm a WBC champion or whatever. And uh, they're making me fight so-and-so because that's my mandatory. You know what? Every single sanctioning body will have make exceptions. You know, if you sign the fight, and, and, and you think for a minute that even as greedy as these sanctioning bodies are, and trust me, nobody's more greedy than the sanctioning bodies, okay? <laughs> as greedy as the sanctioning bodies are, do you think for a minute that any one of them would want to pass up an opportunity to be involved with such a mega showdown as uh, uh, Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder would be? And, and you know, the, the funny thing about it is it shows you the success of marketing and smoke screening that Team Deontay Wilder has had. 
by even making us talk about him as it's a huge event. I mean, I thought that Vladimir Klitschko against Anthony Joshua was the biggest event in heavyweight boxing. And now all of a sudden, the next one is Deontay Wilder. And the truth of the matter is, is me personally, I think the guy out there that would give Anthony Joshua the most trouble isn't named Deontay Wilder, isn't named Tyson Fury, but the name is Luis Ortiz. And the reason why I say Luis Ortiz, Sal, is because Luis Ortiz, he is a full package when he wants to be. When he he's ready and when he's you know uh, mentally into a fight, he's got a quick jab. He's got powerful uh, punch, a powerful right. Like he's got pull. decent movement. I mean, he's a he's a well-rounded fighter when he wants to be. He gets yeah. bored just like other fighters do. I think that the fight between Ortiz, which may come up as a mandatory for the WBA side, uh, would be a better fight for Anthony Joshua than Deontay Wilder. But the reason why I say take Deontay Wilder first is to, number one, shut up Deontay Wilder, and number two, you know, collect the belts. Then systematically take the number one contenders, just like it used to be. You know, we got the best wow. fighting the best. Then everybody else, after after Deontay Wilder gets knocked out by Anthony Joshua, I don't think anybody can argue that the best fighter in the world is Anthony Joshua. And then every other fighter, fight each other, work your way up to that number one spot, and take a shot at Anthony Joshua. What's your thoughts, Sal Rocky Senecola? Well, that that's you know that sounds too fundamentally sound and and too 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 good for boxing to interpret and do to follow because that's common sense, that's wisdom, that's great. You know, it's like the old pizza saying, "You've had the the, the rest, now try the best." Well, you know what? You fight the best, then you take on the the rest, and uh, you know that's that that should be the motto. Uh, yeah, I I agree with you, Billy. Sir. And uh, we're just going to have to wait and see how this is going to come to fruition and what is steaming. And you're yeah, right. You're right. These sanctioning bodies do not do not doubt for one minute. They're they're opening up that dialogue right now. And they're trying to see, you know, what is going to be in the future as far as these two fighters coming into the ring and what they can expect as far as a, a revenue raising uh, fight that everybody could benefit from. So that dialogue has been open. I'm just seeing or saying, you know, it's going to happen when these sanctioning bodies all agree upon, you know, the time, the location, and everything else. Prior to, we may see Deontay Wilder fighting somebody else. But I think the fight should be made as soon as possible so there is no risk of, of anybody else tripping up this this work and just, just get it on. Get it on now. The joke, the joke of uh, the sport is, you know, you got to fight this weekend. Uh, you know, uh, Joseph Parker going up against uh, uh, Kajonu uh, for the WBA title. Uh, we'll break that fight down later in the week. Uh, then you have the uh, Shannon Briggs, 44-year-old Shannon Briggs fighting uh, Fresa Quinn. And Shannon Briggs hasn't fought anybody, even even remotely in the top 20 in the last, you know, 100 years. And Fresa Quedno hasn't even fought since 2015. And this is a guy, these, are, these guys are fighting for the WBA. So the winner of that fight is going to get a shot. I mean, so, I, you know. Uh, the mandatories are a joke. I, I mean, realistically, right now, the three names that were four names in the heavyweight division, you got Anthony Joshua, 
Vladimir Klitschko, who just lost, Deontay Wilder, who I think is a fraud, but he's still up there, and Luis Ortiz. Those are the main names in the sport right now, and those are the ones that need to fight uh, Anthony Joshua. But I got some emails to read real quick. Uh, first and foremost, let me get you guys uh, caught up on some other uh, happenings in, in the uh, world of sports. The NBA playoffs have, are continuing uh, with the second round, or the next round, I should say. Uh, the Cavaliers beat the Raptors last night, 116-105 to take a 1-0 lead in that series. And in the uh, other series, the Rockets and the Spurs, the Rockets uh, take a one-game uh, series lead over the Spurs. They won 126-99, to beating them by 25 points. Uh, was not close. Over in the NHL, the playoffs continue there. The Capitals beat the Penguins 3-2. to The Penguins lead that series 2-1. to Over in baseball, the Orioles top the Red Sox 5-2. to The Blue Jays over your Yankees 7-1. to uh, yeah. The Yankees uh, going into... Uh, uh, I think yesterday's uh, games, if they didn't have the best record in the majors, they, they certainly had the second best. Uh, the Tigers over the Indians 7-1. to one. The Reds and Pirates took 10 innings to get that game over, and the Reds came out on top 4-3. to three. The Rays over the Marlins, a battle of Florida, 4-2. to two. Uh, The Mets, <laughs> believe it or not, they won. They beat no. the Braves, the hapless Braves, 7-5. to five. The Phillies oh, over really? the Cubs, 10-2. to two. The Astros over the Rangers, 6-2. to two. The Royals topped the White Sox, 6-1. to one. The Brewers over the Cardinals, 7-5-10. to five and, 10. and the Giants beat the Dodgers, 4-3. to three. My first email is from my man Jesse. He says, hey, Billy C. and Sal, uh, I saw the Vladimir versus Joshua fight and didn't find it as exciting as you guys did. Maybe do because I didn't watch it live. Both fighters showed some flaws. For example, Vlad with his arms extended for defense and Joshua not having such a great cardio. I know Joshua is learning as he goes, but he must not get as tired. Both fighters showed great fortitude to get up from the knockdowns. Is there something... Is there such thing as a great chin in a heavyweight division? I would agree with Dax of what he said about Vlad not throwing enough punches. Vlad probably should have finished uh, him in two occasions, uh, but was inactive and inaccurate. Still not solid, uh, still not sold in Joshua as the best heavyweight, but he's getting better with every fight. Next fight should be Joshua versus Wilder or Povetkin or Pulov or Ortiz or Parker or Fury next. Bellu versus Wilder is a joke. I can't believe Bellow on TV said he is one of the best heavyweights in the division after he beat, uh, supposedly, his own words, the boogeyman Hay. That's a joke. That is a joke. I mean, David Hay is a fraud. He, as a heavyweight, was a fraud. Never beat anybody substantial. And uh, to suggest that Wilder fight Bellow, if Wilder fights Bellow, I think he's going to lose a lot of credibility and respect. What do you think, Sal? I think so, too. I mean... You know, we, we talk about this round robin about these pairing the pairing of these these heavyweights, and yeah, I I, I don't think that's uh that's going to be much credibility in my book. I mean, for him to for him to even fight a guy, Tony Bellew, they they had a grudge match fight with uh, uh with David Hay. I mean, I, you know, and Tony Bellew is a cruiserweight. I, you know, I, if, if 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 Anthony, I mean, if. Uh, Deontay Wilder picks Bellu over anyone else. Uh, I don't have much don't respect know. for him as it is, but if he picks that, that's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose. I have respect for him as a man, but not as a fighter. But uh, anyway, uh, another email I have here. Uh, this one's from uh, my man Gilif. He says, "Hey Billy C, I'm loving the show as always. 
The last one that you had titled uh, AJ against Vladimir Klitschko's final thoughts was the best show I've seen in a long time. I love your guest. Sal seems knowledgeable, and Dax is hilarious. Anyway, I just wanted to add my two pounds worth. Sterling, that is. Uh, he says, first of all, kudos to you, Billy, as I remember you spotting AJ early on and a few years ago uh, back, and you said that he was the future of the heavyweight division. I think after this fight, we can at least safely say he has now confirmed his arrival as a genuine world heavyweight champ. The main point I wanted to make today was that while AJ has proved himself in terms of character, heart, chin, great combos, and power, I have some real question marks over that stamina. You mentioned he perhaps needs to work on his conditioning, but I'm not so sure this is totally accurate. I'm a huge AJ fan, so don't get me wrong, but this is the concern I have. The way I see it, it may be that AJ needs to train in the manner he does, building all that uh, muscle uh, to generate the power he does. But the downside of this is that that muscle density he develops saps the energy and he can only fight in spurts. I'm wondering what you think of this, Billy C. Do you feel he needs to amend his training regimen in some way? I believe he already does loads of cardio, so I don't think it's a conditioning issue. More to do with muscle density problems. Looking for your thoughts. Hope it will as well. Uh, thank you, Gilaf, and it's another uh, UK listener, Sal. So we uh, uh, we got uh, quite a bit of them uh, now, which is uh, great. And I, I told you, you know, one of my uh, goals would be to do a a live show uh, uh, in uh, England at some point uh, in the future. So uh, I hope the, we can make that happen. But what does a fighter that's got so much muscle density? What can they do uh, in order to? Uh, prevent what obviously happened to Anthony Joshua running out of gas and Gilef was 100% correct he did fight in spurts and and he did have lots of energy in those spurts um you know cardio uh, the definition of cardio i still think running outside i mean what what you're the, you're you're a former fighter what, what can he do all right, I'm not a physiologist or anything like that, but or, or a dietitian, but I could just tell you from a, a school of experience that I've uh, encountered, uh, you know, muscle tissue is heavier and denser than fat tissue. And you have to oxygenate those muscles with your oxygen flow and the red blood vessels carrying those oxygens, uh, that oxygen throughout your body. And... I would suggest <laughs> I would suggest that he incorporates uh, the aerobic and the anaerobic, which I said earlier on some of the shows is represented by sprinting or by interval running or by mixing it up. You know, we had a code that I trained to. It was like you fight like you train, you train like you fight, like you fight. And many times I would I would go out for a nice distance run. I'd recover with a with an easier jog. Then the next day I would do wind sprints, and uh, then the next day I would uh, do a jog. Then the next day I would do interval training around a track, run a quarter mile, then uh, jog a quarter mile, then run a you know I would do different things to change up my body. So and you know believe it or not, you guys go online, you'll see I could punch bell to bell for ten rounds, and it was no problem with my conditioning, never. And uh, you know Vince Lombardi, fatigue makes cowards of us all. I also have to. Uh, consider my one of my greatest uh, attributes for my outlining my training and my regiment was uh, my buddy Jerry Palmieri, who was a former world-class amateur fighter, gold medalist uh, in international competition, and 
four-time Jersey Golden Glove champion who went on to school in physiology and nutrition, dietary, and he, uh, the head strength training coach in New York Giants. And he took the time to outline my diet, outline my, my training regimen. And Jerry, Jerry, I, 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 I love the guy. I mean, I, I was flawless when it came to conditioning. Uh, the other thing I have to also say is the diet of carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates. A fighter needs complex carbohydrates and that is stored in your liver, and that's the glycogen, your fuel. And believe it or not, you could deplete that inside of 20 minutes, but you've got to be able to elongate it, mix it with the, with the mixture of fat and, and, and glycogen for energy to, to go throughout a whole fight. And how do you do that? Again, it's your diet, your conditioning. But I think he should start incorporating a complex carbohydrate diet. And uh, I could reference to a book that I also spent my time with. But it was a book that I love the diet that I outlined. I cooked all my own food. And like I said, you have a complex carbohydrate. You intake that. You do some protein. And you yes, you've got to eat some fat because that too helps your body to burn, uh, burn away some calories as energy. So he's got to look at his diet, he's got to look at his conditioning, and he's got to eat more complex carbohydrates. You know, I, I, the one thing, Sal, is, you know, he, he uh, the point that Keyleth makes is a good one. It, you know, his muscle tone, he's got so much muscle. And, yeah, it's you know, heavy. It's I, mu- muscle, muscle, you know, uh, takes your oxygen, uh, you know, I mean, and, and he's right. He's got a good point. I, I think that obviously... You know, maybe he's eating right and doing all those things, but the piece that's missing out isn't. I, I think the the factor here is cardio, but not by definition of what they do today. I I would rather see him start to do uh, a little more road work. You know, uh, maybe maybe at times when like after after he's uh, uh, you know working the weights, and and maybe he should lay off the heavy weights. You know, may, maybe start uh, reducing. Uh, uh, you know, weights to, to, you know, reps and not, uh, not bulk, you know, and, exactly. and, 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 you know, maybe, maybe, uh, after his muscle is, is, you know, uh, burning up oxygen, that's when he does some road work, you know, run outside, maybe run hills, maybe, maybe, uh, run in the woods, you know, that's very good. Uh, Rocky Marciano used to do that all the time. You know, I, that's the only thing, you know, I, either that or he's got to learn how to pace himself. And he certainly, can't put himself in a position like he did punching himself out. And one thing he's definitely got to do, definitely, is learn how to hold. You know, because if he runs out of gas, he's got to he's got to recoup. He's got to catch his breath. And by leaving his hands draped to his side and, and you know putting a bullseye on his head, uh, isn't uh, isn't <laughs> yeah, a <sorry>. smart uh, <laughs> isn't a smart move. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, we're gonna take a short break. And guess what, Sal? When we come back, when we come back. My man uh, Alex Perpali uh, is going to join us, and uh, we will uh, be talking with him uh, on his thoughts about uh, the Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko fight from Saturday night. We weren't able to get him on the post-fight show because of our technical issues, and then we'll give him uh, an opportunity to uh, give his thoughts on the possible matchup, uh, the one that we all want, uh, Anthony Joshua against Deontay Wilder. So uh, uh, don't go anywhere. We will be back in about, I don't know, two minutes or so. Billy C will be right back. Check out Billy. 
Check out Billy. Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, we're back. You're listening. To the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, don't forget about my book. That's right. Get a copy of it right now. Just visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com. You can't miss it there. Uh, or or just go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. There's many places you can go and get a copy. You know, So uh, make sure you uh, do that uh, uh, as soon as you can. And uh, we, can, uh, we can go from there. But uh, anyway... Uh, joining us right now um, is uh, my man uh, Alex Papali, but I'm not sure so sure your video is working, my man. What's up, Alex? Well, I guess Alex uh, is not there. Are you there, Sal? I'm here. I saw Alex, but he just disappeared. Yeah, I think uh, he's having some issues there. There he is. There we go. Oh, okay. Go. All right. Well, we don't is. see hey, a video, Alex. but uh, what's going on, Alex? Oh, you can't see my video? No, we can't. Yeah. But um, I see your picture. All right. Well, yeah. let, let me uh, let me let me do this first while you uh, get your stuff set there. Um, yeah. You know, we got uh, Briggs, uh, Shannon Briggs, and uh, Fresquendo uh, is fighting in June, and uh, you know, um, uh, we got some quotes. Uh, and th- th- to me, this is a joke of a fight. Uh, but Shannon Briggs says, "I'm working very hard right now with some great sparring partners that are pushing me to the limit." Uh, fight night uh, will be a long one for Fresquendo. Let's go, champ. You know, I mean, uh, basically, he's uh, be- become a cartoon character, in my opinion. Uh, Fresquendo, a guy that hasn't fought in quite a while, says uh, the trials and tribulations I've encountered for 30 years in a sport and 20 as a pro are finally coming to fruition. They say third time around is a charm, but the fourth uh, is the holy grail and uh, most special. So uh, we'll see what... Uh, uh, happens there, and um, you know we'll uh, we'll take it uh, uh, we'll take it from there. But uh, in any event, um, we're having uh, some issues with uh, uh, my man Alex. <clears throat> so uh, Sal, uh, I'll go back uh, 
uh, to you here for a minute um, and ask you what's your thoughts on uh, the fight between uh, Briggs and Aquendo? I mean, where does this uh, uh, fall in place with, uh, with the heavyweight division? You know, I, I will tell you, Billy, lack of my desire to, to, to really identify or spot this, I, I, I'm going to have to wait to see who wins, and then I'll give you my opinion. I'm telling you right now, I, I guess it's, it's, it's going to happen, and, and, uh, but I really don't have anything to say about it until after the fact. Let's see how they look. Let's see what happens, and let's see who comes out with their hand raised in the air. And then I'll give you all my thoughts about who, what should happen next for either fighter. Do you think it's an important fight? Are we going to use the word significant? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I think it's an important fight for Briggs. I think it's an important fight for each each of them. But uh, like I said, it doesn't. I, I don't see how it plays into the, the whole realm of the top, top contenders that need to face each other right now. So like I said, I'm going to wait till after the fight. I, I I think it's an important fight for each of them. Uh, for the overall division, I, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I I. Uh, you I, see what I'm saying? No, I, I do. I do. I, I you know, I think it's just a typical uh, move uh, with uh, uh, with the fact that you know uh, mandatories and uh, BS fights and and all of that. You know what I mean? It's uh, uh, it's 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 bad for the sport. Well, exactly, and like I said, I I do not really see, you know, the the value long term until you know I I want to see who comes out the victor and what they're going to do, and what then I'll give my opinion and tell you what I think should happen. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'll watch the fight, of course. But uh, um, I uh, you have anybody you think? Uh, what, 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 how do you see this fight going down? Well, I think that well, I, I think I, I, I think there's, that Geritol. I, 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 I think that Geritol um, is uh, is making some money uh, with it uh, because these guys are uh, uh, in their uh, later years, so to speak. They show up in the form of a brown bottle. But, uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I, you know, um, we can uh, we can we can safely say. Uh, um, that you know, uh, we could safely say that uh, it, I don't think it's going to be an exciting fight to you. No, I don't think it's an exciting fight. No, no, I think it's going to be a waltz around the ring. I think it's going to be a hug and hold, and it's going to see. Uh, I well, that's just it. I'm just giving my opinion, uh, but I will tell you this: uh, we'll we'll wait to see. How it pans out, maybe it's going to be a sleeper. Maybe it's going to be a fight that uh, that uh, we're both going to be shocked to see. But uh, um, we'll wait to see what happens. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's. Uh, I think it's sad. I think it's sad for the sport that it we're is, uh, that we're doing it's this. It's a step back. I, it's definitely a step back. You know, it's. I think it's sad. But listen, Sal, we're gonna we're gonna try and. Uh, uh, connect with Alex one more time. We're going to give Alex a, another shot here. Uh, so uh, we're going to take uh, one short break. And uh, when we come back, uh, hopefully uh, we'll have uh, Alex on. If not, we can catch him tomorrow. So uh, uh, we'll be back uh, in about two. Billy C. We'll be right back. 
Have you heard? Proactive Plus is faster and better than ever. Stay tuned for a million bottle giveaway and you'll also receive free shipping. Do you have troubled skin? Acne? Well, we have great news. With Proactive Plus, your acne can heal and you can help prevent new breakouts from happening. Don't miss this limited time offer. Give us a call at 800-567-0214 because we're going to let a million people try Proactive Plus risk-free and get two free gifts and also receive free shipping when you call right now. You heard it. This offer won't last long. So call Proactive Plus now and you'll receive a 60-day risk-free trial of Proactive Plus, two free extras, and free shipping. Call 800-567-0214. This is our exclusive radio offer, never on TV. Get your risk-free 60-day trial of Proactive Plus with free shipping. That's right, free shipping. Don't wait. Call 800-567-0214. That's 800-567-0214. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening to The Billy C. Show. I want to give a special shout-out to all of our new viewers on Holyfield TV. We're uh, very happy to be on Holyfield TV's sports programming. And I hope you're enjoying the show. And uh, don't forget, uh, download our app. Go to Fight. That's F-I-T-E. Go to fight.tv slash Billy C. Download our app. And, and you can watch the big fight this weekend. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. challenging uh, Canelo Alvarez right on the front page of our website. So check it out, www.billycboxing.com. Well, joining us right now, I think, is uh, Alex Perpali. What's up, Alex? Good morning, Good morning, Sal. How you guys doing? Sorry oh, good about- morning, Alex. Hey, Sal, uh, double-check your uh, video, will you, my man? Because, uh, you know, Alex uh, Alex messed everything up on us here. He kicked I, out your I video. Know. So uh, double-check that. But anyway, Alex... Uh, What's your thoughts, first and foremost, on the uh, on the fight from this past weekend, Anthony Joshua against Vladimir Klitschko? Uh, I think it was absolutely tremendous. Um, such a great moment uh, for boxing. I think that um, uh, one of the things that was amazing was that uh, the uh, you, you learned so much about Joshua. He proved so much about himself in one fight questions that sometimes uh fighters go their whole career and don't answer um where they're able to you know be badly badly hurt and come back uh rally and come back and to come back in such uh emphatic fashion it was just a great night uh the ending when um they had that nice post-fight interview that was just all class between the two of them and uh joshua looked out into the into the crowd and thanked Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and Roy Jones for the inspiration. That was a wow. wonderful moment uh, that he really is a breath of fresh air for the sport. Um, I, I heard a caller on another show last night saying that they wouldn't, a, a Londoner, saying that um, he's going to be knighted. Uh, they, they're just sure that at some point he'll be knighted. <laughs> that is beloved. Uh, 
I hope, I mean, one of the thing that was so great at the end is that he not only did he uh, congratulate those former great uh, legendary fighters that were ringside, you know, they knew to come there, they were going to see something, uh, but also we saw Vlad Klitschko's probably his best performance, which is amazing considering how long he reigned, that uh, at 41 he turns, he answers more questions that we didn't even know about him. We didn't know he had guts like that. Uh, so it, it was just a tremendous fight. I think some of the accolades have been a little overboard. Uh, it's not fight of the year, um, if only because our expectations of heavyweights are less. Uh, there was a lot of dull rounds. Um, it's not as the sustained action was not there like for uh, Holyfield Bow, or even for um, just thinking of some of the great heavyweight championship fights. You know, Lehman Brewster versus Sergey Lyakovich was a pretty good fight. Uh, so we, but but the, that fifth and sixth round were absolutely tremendous, absolutely legendary. Uh, it, it is an instant classic, no doubt about that. You know, the the thing is, though, well, Alex, what what I think makes that fight uh, among uh, the top fights is is the fact that we haven't seen an action packed heavyweight fight for quite some time, at least a dual sided one. Uh, yeah. You know, we've seen one side uh, of heavyweight fights where one guy just blows out the other. And I think the, the thing about this fight, and I've said this many times, is that if Vladimir Klitschko fought this style fight, the way he fought against uh, Anthony Joshua this past weekend, and similar to the way he fought Kubat Pulov when they fought, we'd be talking and thinking of Vladimir Klitschko 100% differently than we do today. Uh, we can't discredit him. You know, he's been there, done that. He showed at 41 years old he was very viable in the ring. And Anthony Joshua answered all of, you know, the questions that we had for him, at least uh, some of them. He did uh, maybe throw a couple more out at us. But, you know, and, and I hate to go against my own rule, but he is still young uh, and he is uh, still learning. And, and he's learning against the best guys available. So I, I think by today's standard... In the heavyweight division, obviously it's not, a, a, you know, the most exciting fight uh, in all divisions. But as far as the heavyweight division, I honestly can't recall uh, a more exciting and meaningful fight uh, that I've seen in, in quite some time. Would, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. It's definitely the, the fifth and the sixth are the best two heavyweight championship rounds probably in 25 years. Uh, and I think that um, the whole fight itself was definitely one of the greatest of Vladimir Klitschko's entire reign. So you're talking about 10 years. That's what's so crazy about it was that <laughs> really was one of those fights where uh, Vladimir Klitschko uh, rose to and answered questions about himself at 41 um, that we never saw before. And that this kid who is still developing to some degree before our eyes, even though he's the champion, uh, rose to the occasion and answered all the questions we ha had uh, that could could have been asked. And, and like you said, we've come up with some new ones. And I think they are intriguing to think that such a guy who's such a, a pinnacle of physique could have a problem with stamina. Um, but it, it might, as Sal was saying, it might be a little more complicated than that. It might just not. It might not just be get back out out there and, and run more. Uh, it could be something mixed with recovery because there's no doubt about it. He um, he punched himself out. So with all that big body, all that lactic acid now that's in, in being released from his muscles, he couldn't recover fast enough. 
um, whereas other fighters can't. I mean, the only one, and I wrote it in the chat room, the one I, I think about in recent memory that was tremendous with that recovery was Tim Bradley against Provodnikov. Uh, he seemed to be able to summon uh, energy reserves from some, somewhere unearthly. Um, Joshua needs to think about that. But that's a pretty small question when you think about, you know, heavyweight champions. I mean, Mike Tyson never answered. Never. As great as he was, as, Im as impactful he was in the heavyweight division, he never answered the questions Joshua was posed and answered beautifully on Saturday night. Listen, uh, so in some of the ways, we really might have seen the start of a whole new age uh, there's no doubt about that. Hey, yeah. listen, nobody nobody had more rec better recuperative powers in the heavyweight division than Evander Holyfield, and I was never a huge oh, Evander Holyfield uh, fan, but but he, I, I've never witnessed anything like it, and I agree with you about Timothy Bradley. Uh, I, I just wonder how exactly did Anthony Joshua recover so uh, so well? I mean, uh, he was out on his feet, and then you know, I, and and both Sal and I. Had the fight even uh, in the ninth round. I know I had uh, caught uh, a comment from you in the chat room yesterday that you had it. Uh, uh, you scored that that knockdown round 10-9, which, you know, I could definitely see that. I mean, uh, it was a miracle that uh, Joshua stood on his feet after he dropped uh, a Klitschko. But I had the fight even up uh, going into that ninth round with four full rounds to go. And I remember saying to myself, man, the, this fight is, is going to be determined right now in these four rounds. Me too. And, and the truth of the matter was, was that's when the fight really broke out. You know, I mean, despite both of them hitting the canvas earlier, um, and like you suggested, it did start off a little slow. But uh, from the ninth round on, I mean, you know, it was anybody's fight. And, and I, I'll tell you, I, I was on that. This fight had, had something. To me, anyway, I was on the edge of my seat. I mean, you know, once I once I got through the the, the ring walks, which were extravagant, and that's an understatement. Um, once I got through that, I was on the edge of my seat, Alex. I really was. Oh, absolutely, and and I think that's the thing about it, and I think that's why everybody is so taken aback and and and, uh, and appropriately um, enjoying what we got to see was that, and the reason. Because the heavyweight division, the stakes are higher than anywhere else. Each guy can put each other out with one shot. And these monsters could do it, at least physically, they looked like they could do it. And we knew from their records, they could do it more and it, you could, they could knock each other into next week with one shot. And eventually they did. And that was pretty amazing to get to see that, to see guys 6'6", 250, uh, you know, throwing bombs at each other and enduring them, uh, you don't see that very often. Uh, you know, that's the thing about heavyweight boxing is there's nothing like it. This was a chance to... Um, I, I think the other thing about it is that anybody who says that, you know, um, uh, he, he the, it would be nice to see Wilder versus Fury, but I don't think boxing fans here in America care about boxing as much as the Brits do. You couldn't fill you couldn't fill a stadium like that here in this country for Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. So in a way, it's sort of interesting because again, even though for years now we've we've sort of reached this age of the the sort of post-American super fight 
where uh, a boxing match could be enormous that had nothing to do with an, any American in the headlines or even be fought in America, and it be something that moves the whole sport. This is certainly an example of that. Uh, both guys are foreign-born, and yet um, it's going to be interesting to see what the ratings are. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think we, we are at the start of a new age. One thing that did give me a chill is uh, I loved when he mentioned, when Joshua mentioned talking about Fighting Fury and talking about Wilder, but then he mentioned Shannon Briggs. And I hope to God he does not go in the direction of fighting the winner, winner of Briggs Okendo uh, because, you know, he could regress. We saw Deontay Wilder regress in his choices of, of opponents. Um, so I hope he continues to challenge, challenge himself. Uh, but it was a tremendous night. Sal, well said, uh, you know, the thing, the thing here that, that Alex was talking about, you know, we, yes. we, we mentioned a little earlier, you know, the, 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 issue, the, the issue with Shannon Briggs, if Shannon Briggs beats Frezzaquendo and becomes a titleist, that's a different story. I mean, if he starts cleaning up the division and fighting, you know, the champions, I, you can't knock him for that. It's taking a Shannon Briggs that doesn't have any trinket and fighting him like Deontay Wilder does. Um, Sal, what do you think on that? Well, that's the whole thing. Exactly. is the credibility. Where where do they stand in the picture of the realm of the contendership for the heavyweight championship of the world? Where where are they? Where will they be after this fight takes place? And, you know, uh, do, they, do they earn their spot because of who they were when they were? Or do they actually, because of uh, the forces that may be, will now allow them to, to get in a ring? Uh, have a mandatory here or there. It's, it, that's why I said I, it's we got to see how it pans out after the fight. Um, you know, I no, I was going to say, Alex. Uh, I just wanted to say about the, f the potential showdown between Deontay Wilder and um, Anthony Joshua is uh, our topic today. And I, I first of all, I think Anthony Joshua was in the driver's seat, and and I think that that fight would clearly be in England. Uh, should Deontay Wilder uh, grow the hairs on his you-know-whats to step in the ring with him. I, I, I truly believe that Deontay Wilder, uh, not as a man but as a fighter, is a fraud, and I think that Anthony Joshua will, will beat him, and I think he will beat him pretty soundly, uh, as in knocking him out, and I do believe that that fight has to take place. As a matter of fact, we were talking earlier, and Sal and I both agree that it, it should have no bearing on titles. At this point, I think both Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua have gotten to the point, their status, and the way that fight fans look at them. It wouldn't matter if they were stripped of the belts. This is the fight they want to see. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's the good news, uh, is that... Um, the potential for a Wilder versus Joshua match um, is is just tantalizing uh, because uh, even though I agree with you, I think Joshua beats him and beats him relatively easily. Um, but I do think that uh, the matchup is enormous. The potential money making that these guys could make uh, in terms of salaries is absolutely ridiculous because they're heavyweights and not only that they are um, they're undefeated and they're huge punchers um, so th this it, it's really amazing uh, it's great for us because you know as they say so go the heavyweights so goes boxing 
And I think that uh, we are... But see, one thing that... Well, this is different, though, because when Tyson Fury defeated Vlad Klitschko, it was exciting because we saw an upset. But the fight was so dreadful. We really, as, as excited as it was, it, we were a little hesitant to take that big breath of fresh air. And we were right to be hesitant because he destroyed himself. Anthony Joshua, as improbable as it sounds, he could destroy himself. Um, that's what boxers tend to do, sadly. We know from the blast from the past. But um, I, I think that you're right. I think that uh, the sky's the limit. And I think that hopefully they don't let Joshua Wilder marinate too long. Uh, although they do have the Joshua Fury match to make, uh, I think Joshua Wilder is quicker. Fury's got 100 pounds to lose. So as take it from me, that doesn't, that ha doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, Tyson Fury um, was the linear champ, and, and now he wants to get back in the ring. But I, I think the, the, the fight that everybody wants to see and what boxing really could use is Deontay Wilder backing up his BS, backing up his chest pounding, and getting in the ring with uh, Anthony Joshua. The one thing I do enjoy about the Brits is that they have a tendency to fight the fights that people want. They don't let things marinate as long. And, and quite honestly, we have a big fight coming up this weekend where you know Canelo Alvarez is trying to marinate a fight with Triple G, and, I, and it's already losing its luster. And I got news. I, I think that the world, the boxing world is in for a shocker uh, come uh, early Sunday morning when uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. beats Canelo and really rocks the, uh, rocks the boat. I, I just have this strange feeling uh, about that particular fight. But uh, one last thing, Alex, uh, before we let you go. Your thoughts on Anthony Joshua, uh, any negative aside from the, the stamina issue that you could see that he needs to work on uh, as he moves forward? You know, well, one thing that I think was unfortunate that we didn't see, but it, it, it was one of those things that uh, you couldn't help it because of the magnitude of the event and just the noise level, we couldn't really hear the corners. So we don't know what he was being coached, uh, you know, round be, be, between each round. So it's, it's hard to say, well, his trainer should have focused on this and he didn't do this. He didn't do what his corner was saying because at least, I, you know, at, in my viewing of it, I couldn't hear the corners. Um, but, uh, he, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure his team will sit there and watch the tape and, uh, find some things to go over, but, uh, he fought, uh, he answered a lot of questions and fought, um, you know, uh, a, a pretty terrific fight. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, I, the sky's the limit for him. I, I'm really so encouraged. I think this is a really bright bright day uh in boxing and um a bright future the future's so bright we gotta wear shades <laughs> very good alex well i, I you know I, I mean i agree with you with the uh with the corner and lack of uh, instruction and we really don't know uh what they said but it seemed like the uh, first of all you didn't hear much in klitschko's corner somebody sent an email saying you know what does he train himself but in uh joshua's corner they uh, they pretty much uh, were were rah rah men. Uh, you know, at that point, maybe that's all he needed because it seemed to work, right? 
Yeah, it did work. Well, and one of the things that I think we that uh, in terms of Vlad, it could be that both of those guys um, were. It certainly seemed like they were on their own because I mean I couldn't hear the corners anyway, so it seemed like it was just athlete versus athlete. But one thing for certain, uh, Vladimir Klitschko did Manuel Stewart proud. Um, Emmanuel Stewart always believed that Vlad Klitschko could be a great, big, strong guy and use that power. He did Saturday night. And for a while, it looked like he might actually do what the unthinkable uh, at, a four, at 41 years old. Because uh, in that sixth round, it looked like he was going to win. Um, and the fifth round, too. So, uh, I mean, I think that... Uh, in terms of executing a plan, uh, Manuel, Emmanuel Stewart would have been thrilled uh, with that Vlad Klitschko. And maybe if he fought more um, like that, uh, you know, um, he would have been more embraced by American fans. But then that great fight Saturday night would have been on pay-per-view and it would have been $120. <laughs> That's good, good point. Boy. Hey, uh, Alex, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow during the blast, my man. Sounds good. Take care, guys. All right. Take That's care, Alex Papali, and you can uh, catch him tomorrow when we do the blast from the past. And, um, hey, Sal, let, let's take a short little break. When I come back, and I mean short, we're going to take a short break. When short. I come back, I'm going to talk coffee. a little about the fights that are going on tonight. So uh, we'll be back uh, in about a minute. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that that's my face. I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And... We're back. You're listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, don't forget about the post-fight show. That's right. This weekend, we're doing the Billy C. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. and Saul Canelo Alvarez post-fight show. We're going to kick it off right here. Uh, so uh, make sure you tune it in approximately six minutes uh, after the official announcement is made. And don't forget, I know uh, you may be watching us on many different platforms, uh, and I know that many platforms have chat rooms and so on and so forth, but if you want to be part of the show and be included, your thoughts and stuff included in our discussion, make sure you come on over to the chat room on billycboxing.com. I'm here with my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And, uh, Sal, we got a, a fight on tonight, Tuesday Night Fights, and um, the main event is uh, uh, putting uh, Ivan Reddick going up against Arginus Mendez uh, in the uh, lightweight division. Uh, as a matter of fact, they both weighed over the lightweight uh, division at uh, 136. Uh, Reddick weighed 136.6, and Mendez weighed 136.8. So, therefore, uh, technically, uh, it's uh, the junior. Uh, uh, welterweight division uh, because uh, lightweight max is 135, but you know who knows uh, what they uh, uh, contracted <laughs> for that. Um, but uh, this fight will be on, and, and I just wanted to give uh, a little uh, rundown of these two fighters. If you're ready to hear that, 
I am ready. I'm got my, I have my notepad. I'm going to take notes, and I want to hear you spew it out. I want to hear. I want to see you watch the fight. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. There you go. Uh, so listen. Uh, first and foremost, uh, uh, Ivan uh, Reddick uh, is uh, uh, seemingly the favorite in this fight, or at least he's on the what we call the A side. Uh, he's num. He's uh, 31 years old. He's a southpaw. That uh, is five foot nine and a half, uh, and then and in that division, I mean, we've seen some tall uh, lightweights, but uh, you know, five foot nine and a half is still, uh, you know, somewhat tall. I mean, his opponent is very similar in height, so um, wow. that's not going to be that's an edge tall, for him there. One hundred thirty-five pounder. No wonder he's one thirty-six. <laughs> but uh, he's the computer has him at number sixty-eight, uh, Reddick, and he's got a career record of twenty wins, sixteen coming by knockout with two losses in which he was stopped once, and uh, he's got a draw. Now, his last four fights, uh, two wins by knockout, his loss, one of his losses that he went to decision with, and um, a draw. Now, in his last five fights is where you see two losses, a draw, and two wins. Uh, he did get stopped by uh, Dejan Zalakishian, uh, in 2015, he followed that with a, a third-round stoppage of uh, Eric Daniel Martinez. He fought to a 10-round draw against Luis Cruz. Tevin Farmer bested him in 10. And then his last fight was against DeMond Brock um, on, uh, uh, on uh, January of this year. And he stopped uh, Brock uh, in the eighth round. Now, he steps in the ring with Arginus Mendez, who at one time uh, was... Uh, uh, a top uh, fighter. As a matter of fact, uh, he was a former world champion. Uh, his first uh, world title shot uh, came against Juan Carlos Selgado uh, in the uh, super featherweight division in which he lost a 12-round decision. But he got a rematch because of the controversial uh, manner of that fight. And he fought Juan Carlos Selgado uh, in uh, March of 2013 and stopped Selgado uh, with a fourth-round knockout. He followed that with a, another somewhat controversial fight uh, against Arash Yusumani, Yus uh, that fight was ruled a, a draw. And uh, a lot of people thought Yusumani won that fight. Uh, he fought Rancis Bartholomew next, and it ended in a two-round no contest. An unintentional headbutt stopped the fight. Um, and then uh, Rancis Bartholomew and he fought again uh, several months later. And this time, Rancis Bartholomew wrestled the title from Arginus Mendez. Now, since then, he's he's two and two. He won his next two fights. Uh, Daniel Envescalista, uh, he uh, knocked him out, and Miguel Vasquez, uh, he won a ten round decision. But Arginus Mendez is coming off of not one but two losses. Uh, he got stopped in five against Robert Easter Jr. And in his last fight, he went over uh, to uh, the UK and fought Luke Campbell in July of last year and lost a 12-round decision. He's ranked number 24 uh, by the uh, computer, and he's similar in age and height, like I said, but he's an orthodox fighter. Uh, he's uh, 5'9". Um, how do I see this fight going? Well, to tell you the truth, I think Arginus Mendez is the better fighter. Now, don't get me wrong. Ivan Redick is a, is a tough guy. Um, he's a Ukrainian fighter. Uh, but uh, I think Mendez is going to come out on top in this fight. I know you haven't had a chance to really look at this fight, Sal, but uh, Mendez is uh, uh, living in Brooklyn right now, 
and uh, uh, Reddick is uh, living in California, and I think uh, they're going to re represent the East and West Coast, even though neither one of them are from the states. Uh, I'm looking for this to be an exciting fight uh, tonight for Tuesday Night Fights. What do you think? I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a good showdown. And uh, what I can assess from what you shared with me, I I, uh, I will look for Mendez to be the victor, but we will see because there are many variables I still do not know. And uh, I'll research it and I'll be watching it. It sounds like a good matchup, though. Well, the, the thing that always uh, I have to question, and I'll get your thoughts on it, is the fact that a fighter that, you know, was a world champion and was extremely successful, has a couple of fights that don't go his own way, seems to get back on track, and then loses his last two fights, uh, basically both times he fought in 2016. What, have it, what kind of an impact does that make on a fighter mentally uh, as he prepares for another, basically a showcase fight because he'll be on national television? Well, he's got to be looking right now into the mirror and saying that this is going to be a significant fight for himself because he's got to get back and become the victor. He's got to look good doing it. Otherwise, you know what? He's one fight away from being typed as an opponent. And I think he's a better fighter than that from what I can assess and see. And I think right now we will see him coming out there fighting and coming out there guns a-blazing and and hopefully he'll rise to the occasion and recapture what he what he's emotionally going through right now. Uh, it's a hard thing to swallow when you not only lose a championship, but then you have uh, uh, defeats against people that you you should have been been able to beat. And uh, you know you realize you're not the uh, undisputed whirlwind that you thought you may have been. And uh, you what you do is you don't cry over spilled milk. You learn why did I lose those fights. What did I do that I could have done differently? And what do I negate and what do I incorporate? And uh, I think if he's smart enough to assess where those uh, questions to be answered will, will be now in his repertoire of arsenal to fight, then I think we're going to see a good fight from him. And he should realize that this is a pinnacle point in his career. Well, he's we'll either be... going to get back on a, on a fast track uh, or he's going to be sloping further down the hill. He's number 24. It's not a bad place to be right now. But, uh, you know, tomorrow he can wake up uh, not there at 24 or a little higher. I think it's going to be an entertaining fight, and uh, we'll be tuning in later to watch it. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. Um, uh, let me just say this. Uh, we got uh, some stuff going on uh, later in the week. Uh, tomorrow we'll be doing a blast from the past. Carlos Zarate, as uh, requested by you guys, the fans. So Alex and I will be talking about him. We also scheduled to have uh, Boxing Hall of Famer and New Jersey Boxing Commissioner Larry Hazard join us. We'll get his thoughts on uh, Anthony Joshua's victory uh, over Vladimir Klitschko and, of course, the potential showdown that we all want to see with uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, then later in the week, uh, we'll have some more reports from uh, Dax Khan and social media. Uh, we'll try to open up the phone lines again on Friday, see how that works out. And uh, the return of the trivia question. Uh, we will be doing that tomorrow, uh, so uh, make sure you listen to the show at the end when we do our uh, trivia question. We give away prizes for that, for the first correct answer. And today's goal and tomorrow's trivia question goal is everyone has to beat Kevin because Kevin's already asking for his prizes. He hasn't even won. He's in a chat room picking out his prizes already. 
so, uh, you know, uh, everybody's got to beat him at least, all right? And he's just basically going to get an autographed business card signed by me uh, if he wins, but everyone else is going to get a really good prize. So, uh, uh, anyway, on this day in boxing history, May 2nd in 1998, Haseem Sharifi wins a 12-round decision over Keith Holmes to win the WBC World Middleweight title, and that took place in France. It took place in France. On this day in 1989, Meng Chai Kichasian wins a 12-round decision over Tacey Malakaios to win the IBF World Junior Flyweight title. It took place in Bangkok. On this day in 1924, Young Stribling wins a 10-round decision over Tom Burns in, uh, in a fight that they fought in uh, Toronto, Canada. On this day in 1947, Sandy Sadler uh, Sandy knocks out Sadler. Joe Brown. And not the Joe Brown that's a lawyer on TV. This is the Joe Brown, the fighter, uh, in two rounds of their scheduled 10-round fight, not to place in New Orleans. And on this day, May 2nd in 1903, the late, great Stanley Ketchell makes his pro debut with a first-round knockout of Kid Tracy in Butte, Montana. Uh, Ketchell would go on to win the world middleweight title and was at the top of his game when he was shot and killed on uh, October 15th in 1910. He was 24 years old. He had a career record of 51 wins, 48 coming by knockout. He had two losses. He had four draws, and he was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1990 and that's what took wow. place on this day in wow. boxing history on may 2nd sal any final thoughts before we wrap it up my man no sir i think we had a good show and a good recap of uh, the heavyweight championship and you know I, i'll just say you know i was thinking you know as we we said uh, we, we saw a great fight we did but i i have long removed the idea that we are ever 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 going to see Another heavyweight championship fight like we were blessed with when we saw the old legacy of uh, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali or any other kind of fights from that era like that. But I'll tell you what, as Alex was suggesting, maybe this is a new era that is evolving and coming out. And uh, we're going to see some new facets in boxing that, uh, that I think we can look forward to, Billy. Well, it sounds good, my man. So listen, to everybody out there watching, and listening, no matter no matter where you are, don't forget. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.